This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Thrive Plus. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, where we push it to the limit every single Sunday. But right now, right now, we talk money. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us. I've been talking about it all show. I've tweeted it. We're hype. We got Vegas Insider, Christian Pena, at Christian Pena is where you can find him on Twitter. All his work. Trust me, this is the guy. If, if I bring on somebody and I'm and I'm pumping them up like I do, then you know you guys believe in me, that you know that this is the guy you want to listen to. So with no other uh, no other stalls, let's get to popping. What's going on, Christian? My man. Finally so good to be on and talk together, you know. Out here in Vegas, it's always something, man. I had no idea it was uh, daylight savings time, so I woke up an hour later than normal. So it's always something out here in the desert, man, but it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, I didn't even think about that aspect when we set it up. Uh, but appreciate you having us on. place like Vegas, I couldn't imagine all the action. So let's get right to it. I tell, uh, I want to explain to people a little bit how you got into this. I've, I've, man, I've worked with you. I've listened to so much of your work. I know that you were a DFS guy, and that's what our show was mainly based on to start. It was a DFS show and then uh, with gambling tied to it, which goes right up your alley. So tell us a little bit of how you started in the DFS world and what made you transition it to that sports gambling aspect. Yeah, man, like you said, I got started in the DFS world, and this was you know kind of back before the, the DFS boom of all these companies kind of coming up and when it you know started. Um, I started in uh, NFL DFS, and that's really how I got my start in the industry. I was always, you know, you know, I grew up in Boston, which is, you know, a huge, you know, sports town, obviously. And so football was always king. Red Sox were always king. But at the time, I mean, there wasn't even really daily fantasy for anything besides football. You know, there was all, I was always in season leagues. And I was just putting in, you know, way too much effort for these, you know, low stakes fantasy leagues that, you know, for my time and effort. And I thought there's got to be a way that I can, you know, make more um, money, capitalize on this opportunity and kind of what I'm doing here. And at the same time, like you said, the DFS world kind of took off. And, and so I kind of don't say was kind of early to it, but at that time, things were very different in that world. And things were set up, you know, more leaning towards people that, you know, I don't want to say professionals, but people that knew what they were doing and, and you could kind of take advantage, say take advantage of people. But it was a lot easier in those times to kind of, you know, have an edge over people. And obviously it's grown so much now, but that's really where I got started was kind of, you know, player predictive tools, player predictive models. Um, and I eventually kind of just did the same thing. Once football ended, I was kind of left with this void, started doing baseball, um, and everything kind of lended itself over to the natural progression, which is the prop market, right? So started betting um, NFL player props, which I still do to this day. That's such a big part of, of kind of my work. Um, and then, you know, carried that over into, you know, sports betting full-time. Um, once I moved out to Las Vegas about a little over three years ago now to, to, to handicap sports full-time, I had no idea that DFS wasn't legal over here, so that was a huge shock to the <laughs> system. Um, and, you know, you know, I made the jump. I probably should have looked into that a little bit more, a little bit on me. Um, but that's kind of what led me here, and I've been, you know, handicapping sports in Vegas ever since. Awesome, awesome stuff, man. And, again, we have Christian Pena on. 
from straight from Vegas. He uh, he he works with us at the Sports Gaming Podcast. He also has his own site where he does private picks. Make sure that you check him out. Let's get into, I mean, baseball's on the horizon, man. And I know that's something you're strong on. And before even getting to the picks part, when you do bay, uh, football and you transition to, because to, football, it seems like it's the most popular thing to bet on. It was NFL, college, waking up on a Sunday, uh, tying it into the DFS world. Those guys uh, sometimes migrate over to the to the game. But when you get to baseball, it seems like maybe the crowd gets a little bit smaller in professional circles, not so much. But let's say to the novice better. How do you transition or how do you advise somebody to transition to another sport? Because in football, we, we handicap it completely different. How do you start? And not to, I don't know, you don't put your ingredients out there. No, no true magician puts his tricks out there. But how do you even start to, uh, to touch baseball, man? Like what is something that you look forward or look for into your handicapping? Yeah, man, baseball has always been my number one passion, and I, I love it, right? I mean, when you put baseball side-by-side side with anything else, I mean, even just from a weather perspective, the weather is gorgeous. It's, it's spring. It's summer. It just makes me happy, and it's always made me happy as a kid, you know, going to Fenway and all that type of stuff. Baseball is, you know, philosophically so, so different than a game like football, like you said, right? Number one, I mean, aside from pick'em games or games under, you know, what I would say two, two and a half, Basically, I mean, baseball is a money line sport, which is where things are, you know, take a drastic turn. Somebody can go four and one, but if they're betting all heavy favorites in the minus 250, minus 300 range, you're going to lose money. And so my philosophy on baseball, because it is a game, baseball is built on variance. Baseball is built on randomness. There is no sport in the world where underdogs win more. I think it's like 44, 43% of the time, and some of them are at huge plus money. The win-losses are, are obviously negative, but the, you know, the return on investment on underdogs is so different. And so it's, philosophically, baseball is a game that's very difficult for, I wouldn't say recreational, but novice betters to grasp sometimes because of that. There's not spread involved. There's obviously the run line, which is the same thing as a puck line in hockey, always a minus one and a half. And then there's totals, both, both first five. In full, and so in a game like this, where it's built around randomness, it's built around variance. My thought process has always been: how can I eliminate a much as much variance from this game as possible and attack it that way? You know, this is kind of why I gravitate more towards sports like UFC, where it's one on one, and just trying to shrink, you know, eleven on eleven down to specific matchups and player props and NFL and that type of stuff. And it's the same thing in baseball. I bet a specific market within Major League Baseball, um, and I take a long-term view. Um, essentially, I buy and sell pitchers in the first five market throughout the whole entire year using trends or first five, you know, unders, that type of stuff. Um, and I gravitate towards guys that have long, you know, are, are overvalued um, to sell or bet against the guys that are undervalued, you know, whether that be prospects that are coming up or, or whatever the case may be using, you know, everything that kind of at my disposal. And you, I make the decision to buy and sell long-term or bet on or bet against every single time throughout the year until they really, really prove that it's not a profitable wager anymore. Um, and the other good thing with this is, you know, at that point, basically everything in there, especially totals, minus 110 to minus 115 range, depending on your book. Um, and if it's a first five bet, you know, you can always use a first five run line, which just means they have to win the first five. And if it's a tie, you do lose. But again, that, that goes back to kind of the big of baseball and how it's different than other sports like football. And so to me, there's no better game in the world to bet on because you get to do it long term. And, and make no mistake, I mean, somebody can come into town in Vegas on a Sunday as a tourist or a professional or, or a recreational, and they can have a great NFL Sunday, a great college football Saturday. 
Um, and it's like throwing darts. Baseball is not like that. Baseball is the most long-term market. You have to have a long-term view. If you, you know, pick and choose in baseball, it's the equivalent of walking into a stockbroker and saying, you know, I want to invest in the market, but only for this Friday and this Saturday, and then see what happens. And, and it just it doesn't make sense. You have to take that long-term view with Major League Baseball. Man, that, that is fantastic advice. You know, I got my start with fantasy football as well. And baseball has been something that just I don't do very well at it. So I'm, I'm glad to have you on because, you know, I'm that guy that I do real well with football, but I'll go to Vegas for a weekend. And, you know, if it's baseball season, you know, I'm an Astros fan, so I'll, I'll try and, you know, find an angle. And, and I always get my head kicked in. So I'm glad to have you on. Maybe I can learn a couple things about baseball gambling. And speaking of the Astros, I wanted to bring this up. It looks like uh, Fox Sports says they're projected to win nine, 96 and a half games this year. Um, first of all, I, I want to get your, your thoughts on if, if you're going to go over or under on that. And then my other question is, why are they predicted to win the AL? Uh, according to my bookie, Astros are predicted to win the American League. And it, to me, it just feels like the Yankees, with, with the, what they did in the offseason, that they should probably be favored. So could I get your thoughts on those two things? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's funny. You know, growing up in Boston, the Red Sox are certainly always my team. But the Houston Astros, no team has ever been better to me. You know, back two years ago, um, I, I'm a big narrative guy. Um, and much like the years where the Red, the first year where the Red Sox won it, you know they they had that spark plug and Pedroia winning the MVP, and there was this narrative, you know, the everything that went into that. And Houston two years ago, to me, I'm a huge guy that believes in narrative. I believe in the do factor of things and that type of stuff. And you know, Altuve, I had to win the MVP at plus seven fifty. I had the Astros at ten to one to win the World Series. And it was one of the biggest combined bets, you know, of my career. Um, to go on and win. So Houston, to me, is a team that will always have a very special place in my heart, and I absolutely love this team. When you look at this team this year, they have a little bit of that redemption story. I think that you know, an, an angry Astros team is a very dangerous one. You have Garrett Cole, first of all, walking into his quote-unquote walk year, uh, where the Yankees are likely to throw a whole bunch of money at him, whether he stays or whether he goes. And you combine that with the fact that he's not even pitching in the quote-unquote eighth slot, as that's reserved for Justin Verlander, what does that mean? It means that Garrett Cole gets to basically, you know, gets, doesn't have to face the opposing team's eighth every single day or every single fifth day that he's out there. It's a huge advantage. I think that 18-1 to is very live for a guy like Garrett Cole to win the, the uh, Cy Young and at least be there in the end so you can hedge. On the other side, um, you know, do I think that both of these are likely to happen? No, but do I think that at these odds you only need one? Alex Bregman to win the MVP, I believe, is 12 to, or 12 to 18 to 1. I forget what I got it at. Great value there as well. A, this is a guy who's talking about this Astros team like he wants it to be the next Miami Heat dynasty. And he's talked about so many times how MVPs are, are so important for him. For a guy who's a little bit overlooked, not a ton, I mean, the first round, you know, he, he has a nice pedigree and all that, but... This is a kid that could take the next step, become a, you know one of the faces of the league going forward. And so I think that Bregman and Cole, you know, for their respective awards at those odds, make it a ton of sense. When you talk about this, you know, from a win total perspective, look, long term, you want to do a couple things. It's philosophically, when you're talking about win totals with the Major League Baseball, you want to short or you want to go under the highest ones, and you want to buy or go over the lowest ones. And you know, maybe you could throw away some of the worst teams. You know, I couldn't bring myself to, to take a Baltimore over or a Miami over. Um, and on the other side, I can't take a Houston under. This is really my pick um, to win the AL, even more so than the Yankees. I, I think that the Yankees did a very good thing by getting James Paxton. Severino, likely to start on the disabled list now, at least going to miss a couple weeks, two to three weeks. 
And it's always an issue with him. Tanaka as your opening day starter is not a recipe for success. And on the other side, when you look down now at everything that, you know, throughout this season, you're going to see one thing. The Astros are going to get better as this season goes on with all their top prospects coming up. The Forrest is out there, Josh James. I mean, this team is only going to get better as the season moves along. You combine that with the fact that, you know, I think one of the most underrated free agent signings of this um, offseason, obviously between the two um, huge contracts, you know, Michael Brantley is a player that was a top-five outfielder along with A.J. Pollock just about four to five years ago. And, you know, for Pollock to sign his deal in L.A. and for Brantley to sign with Houston, I mean, when you think about this, Houston strikes out, I believe, the second lowest in the league, and Brantley is right up there, I believe, is the second um, lowest in the world. So it was such an astro signing, a move that made so much sense on so many levels. And this team, especially from the pitching department, I know they lost more, and they lost a couple other things, but they're only going to get better. You have Correa, who was never healthy last year, coming back fully healthy. You have a healthy Altuve. You look around, and all this team did is, is get more angry and better You know, from a talent perspective. That's interesting. So... It's the starting rotation that kind of worries me. So I guess that doesn't bother you too much. You know, no McCullers. Looks like Keuchel's gone. Charlie Morton's gone. They're going to have to kind of figure that out with the rest of the rotation. So you think they'll be okay? Yeah, I really do. And like I said, they're going to get better as things go along. And, you know, there, I saw about two days ago there are offers out to Keuchel. Um, McCullers still obviously recovering, so there's some stuff going on. Um, I'm, I'm really not worried about this. Again, I, have, I am such a believer in Garrett Cole and what he is going to do this year. And again, Justin Verlander, I understand he's getting older, but I mean, so is Scherzer, so are all these guys. I understand the wear and tear, but when you look you know, down at the contenders, Brad Peacock, Colin McHugh, not to mention everyone else, like I said, coming up, Josh James, Forrest Whitley, is probably the number two to three pitching prospect in all of baseball. So while they may you know, be a little... A um, little iffy in the back end to start the year. I mean, again, we're, we're talking about a division that is not very strong. They have time to figure this out. And even if they struggle a little bit, I mean, that is the thing when you're talking about specifically a win total. Is every, you know, especially one this high, everything in every game counts. Um, so I would you know, look at you know, more of the AL um, futures more than the win total just because, again, if they struggle for a month while they're getting, you know, um, you know depending on who it is, whether it be McHugh or Peacock or waiting for James, who looks like he may start in the bullpen, or waiting for Whitley to come up, this team is going to be so much better as the year goes on, specifically in the second half. Even, and again, they have such a, an advantage, much like the Indians do, of playing in that division, where they're going to be there in the end no matter what happens. But I would look more towards an AL future. I believe, you know, plus 300 makes a lot more sense to me than the, you know, to go over that win total, where maybe the first month of the season, Correa takes a little bit of time, Need to get that that rust off in the pitching on the back end. It takes a little bit of time to, to fall into place. Hey, Christian, fellow baseball enthusiast myself, um, look, I, I dabble in a little fantasy baseball, a little bit daily fantasy. Obviously, football is, is the most popular. It, it seems like it's the easiest to, to manage and to keep up with, followed by basketball and then baseball. You know, obviously, you have to watch that every single day. With fantasy baseball coming up, what, what is some advice to, to maybe some new players who are trying to baseball for the first time, trying that daily fantasy baseball? I know we're pushing it real hard on our show for people to get involved in, 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 in daily fantasy baseball. What's some advice that you would give to, to newcomers um, who are trying fantasy for the first time as far as baseball? 
Yeah, with the the rise of analytics within the Major League Baseball, you know, both betting community, both, um, you know, player predictive stuff, the sabermetric stuff, and not to get too into the weeds here, um, but, you know, common things that were always used to track player performance, you know, ERA, batting average, is getting replaced by these things called sabermetric stats, you know, Sierra, Exit, basically measuring instead of what a player's done, which is what ERA is or batting average is, it measures the predictive nature going forward. So is a player likely to regress? Are they likely to, you know, if they're slumping, break out of that? They're just getting unlucky, batted balls in play. And not to get, again, not to get too, too deep in it, but with those analytics, is, is, you know, you have to keep it simple. I think that people often, uh, you know, kind of get in their own heads, psych themselves out about what they are doing. And with these analytics that are so readily available, look, DFS, when it comes to uh, player projections from an offensive standpoint to me, don't overthink it. Look at batter versus pitcher. Look at batter, you know, in that ballpark, whether home, whether away. And righty versus lefty, and that's a really great starting point to, you know, hone in on one thing. Remember, all you want to do is eliminate variance. And, you know, one thing that's really, really, you know, popular now, again, like I said, all these sabermetric stats is all about prediction. And my only issue with that is while you are, in theory, buying low on a player, whether it be long-term or whether it be for you know, one start that you're you know, going to use them in DFS, either in the lineup or pitching, you're, um, you know, you're, while a player may be very bad, it may take four to five starts to, quote-unquote, get, you know, get lucky after being so unlucky. And so, you know, professionals are, are very weird about this. They are very happy to lose four to five times, betting on positive regression from a guy like Robbie Ray, whose sabermetrics say... He should be one type of pitcher, uh, but he's never really been able to prove that, unlike a guy like Patrick Corbin. So, you know, I don't, I'm not in the business of, of trying to lose money or trying to predict, you know, things that, you know, I, I'm more of the guy that I, while a player may be defining expectations right now, I'm going to ride that until it stops. And, and just because it's, it's you know, a form of the gambler's fallacy that it's been blacked, you know, five times, it red is due. Even in a game like baseball where a pitcher is getting knocked around, but you have, you know, these amazing – uh, you know, next level stats that say his fly ball rate is great, his ground ball is late, he's just, you know, getting unlucky. Um, you know, I'm willing to ride that out and, and for as long as it, you know, takes him to start getting lucky and bet against him or bet on him or vice versa. DFS is the same exact thing. Keep it simple. The core stats will always be true. Batter versus pitcher. How does that batter do against righty versus lefty? And how do they do in the ballpark and then go from there? Hey, Christian, I have a quick question really quick, not to cut you off. But um, before we let you go, I'm more of a football type of gambler, but I'm trying to get more into basketball. So three and seven are definitely key numbers of football. What can you give me on basketball terms, what I need to look for? And also, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the Cougars and their, the Houston U of H Cougars, of course, right now and their odds to win on my bookie. Yeah, basketball is a game that, you know, when we talk about key numbers, doesn't, let's say doesn't really exist, but um, it, it's weird because I think people, when they start to bet basketball, they have a tendency to look at if they're, you know, a, a football better or anything like that, like yourself, they have a tendency to not really understand what a line means. And what I mean by that is, let's say a team is minus 14. Well, they're not really minus 14. They're minus seven baskets, right? And so you have to really think about that when you're talking about that in terms of, you know, what does that mean towards a betting line and, you know, that type of stuff. As far as, you know, totals and stuff like that when it comes to basketball, again, no, no, no quote-unquote key numbers. I think in the NBA, you know, it used to be the 200, but it's kind of been blown out of the water now. Um, when you talk about this Houston team going into the NCAA tournament, um, look, they're, they're almost a different version, but a, a different version of a, a team like Texas Tech that's high-paced, 
Um, the thing about this Houston team is they play so well at home. They're yet, what's a yet to, because they have a pretty important game today. Um, but they fall victim to what I would call kind of trap games where, not necessarily looking ahead, but, it, you know, as we were talking about this, Houston down five to, you know, Cincinnati on the road. And if they cannot, you know, figure out a way, you know, granted, they haven't played a ton of great talent on the road, but the talent that they have played, they have definitely struggled at, which is obviously a concern in the NCAA tournament going through, you know, neutral site games and all that type of stuff in the future. This team is a team that has come from nowhere almost, right? I mean, what a resurgence, what a great story, what a great program. Basically going to be looking at what I would, what I would picture as a three seed um, in the South. So, you know, they do escape. You know, their number one seed likely to be Virginia, who is looking to slow down what they do offensively. And it, to me, it, it's going to come down to if they can, you know, this, this uh, Cincinnati game, which is a rivalry been going back and forth all season long, it's going to tell a lot if this team is ready to take the next step when it comes to you know playing out of the confines of their you know their home gym, which they absolutely love. Obviously, they have played so well there, um, and this is the type of team that doesn't you know, necessarily play the type of defense that you would like to see, um, but they can score with anyone. And that's a dangerous thing in March. Wow! Uh, well, yeah, there thank you. you. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's some some good stuff right there. Well, there you go and. Like I said, we uh we we hate to keep you on a Sunday morning. I just morning. became smarter. Yeah, me yeah. too. I know it sounds a little bit more <laughs> difficult for me. I don't know if I'm be able. To and we're for that. sure everybody out there listening. We'll for sure try to get them on sometime during the March Madness in the middle and the thickness of the tournament to get some more uh, numbers and stuff going. But again, at Christian uh, Pena is where you can find him on Twitter and all of his work. And let him know a little bit about your site before we get out of here. Yeah, man. People can find me on uh, SportsGamblingPodcast.com for all my written work. Uh, subscribe to the SGBN for the Inside Vegas podcast and then my website, cpsportsinc.com, if you want to tell my personal bets. And that's what I think makes me a little bit different in this industry. I think anybody can sell you bets, right? Anyone can make up a card, play it, you know, or make up a card, send it out. These are my personal bets. I've been betting, you know, as a professional in Las Vegas for over three years now, and I'm still here, so I'm doing something right. So that is always available for people with the upcoming Major League Baseball season and March Madness as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christian. We'll catch up with you again, man. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Take it easy. Thanks. All right, guys. Uh, We're up against it. I hope you enjoyed that segment. I hope you learned a lot like we did. We got a whole lot more for you. We'll be right back. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Roll roll my roll my on it. That's a nasty trait. Say yay. Say yay. Don't we do this every day? day. I worked them long nights. Long nights to get a payday. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. I'm the cream with the crop and I know you want some. Yeah, yeah I did it and it can be undone. Yeah, hundreds on my lap and she want to lump some. For Bahama, mama. And she mix it with the rum. Yeah, west side, so the beat dump. Hey, break the weed down to a tree stump. Tell it, get up on my face, go. This down. is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. If you want to get in on these last few segments at Moneyline 97.5, if you want to reach out to us at podcastarena.com, if you want to get that Christine Pena interview, it was fantastic. He spoke everything. We went baseball. We went the difference between baseball and football gambling. We did a little bit of, of basketball, what the Cougars can go doing forward, and, and uh, most importantly, what he thought about the Astros 
coming from a guy that, like he said, his biggest score was from an Astros futures yeah. bet and an Altuve and combining those was one of his biggest scores he's had. And to hear him say that he's hot that high on the Astros yeah. again, and that's not a guy that's telling you, hey, man, I'm on him just because I'm on Houston radio. He's more telling you because, hey, this is what I do for a living and this is where I'm going to stick my money. So make sure you go back to Podcast Arena at Christian Pina, uh, at Christian Pina on Twitter is where you can find him. So that was some good stuff we got there. That was great. And I'm a huge Astros fan, so that's good news. He thinks that what I thought was interesting, he's like, don't worry about the over-under with these guys. He's like, they're in a crappy division. So they're going to get through that division. And then when playoff time comes, that's why I think they're going to get through the AL, which makes a lot of sense, right? Because the Red Sox and Yankees, they're going to beat up on each other quite a bit. Yeah. And it, it doesn't really matter if you, you know, if you get the number one seed or not, just, you know, get into the dance. And that's, and also too, I bet the Astros make a move at the trade deadline. You know, they usually do. Well, Someone look, that, oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, and look, just the over doesn't mean that they have to finish in first place or win anything. I mean, 96 games, if you look at what this team's done the last two years, what was it? 102 of the 98. I mean, 96, even with Boston and New York getting better, should be an easy feat for them. I mean, Boston and New York, neither one of them are in that division. And so it's like, okay, really did Seattle, did Los Angeles really get that much better? No, I think 96 is a lot easier than than the, the previous two years um, to hit. So I, I'm, I'm throwing money all over, over 96. Yeah, and he even said, like, even if Correa gets off to a slow start, you know, coming back from injury, and don't worry about it. They'll, they'll be okay because, I mean, only the A's are really decent in the Astros division, so not too much to worry about. I think I'd rather touch on this with you guys than try dabbling into the basketball because he made that seem a little... A little too mathy for me when I'm drunk trying to place bets. I think I'll stick with the baseball with yeah, you I don't guys. want to have to pull out my calculator right? when I'm making bets. One thing you'll have to calculate, and that I wonder is, will J-Lo catch Michael Jordan in rings? Because she got engaged. Uh, the engagement, it was uh, they, they went Twitter uh, live, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. They, they showed the big rock. I mean, is she going to catch Jordan at this point? Because she's had quite the few. I think this is going to be her fourth. <laughs> she has. And they have, like, the, the two famous, like, acronym names, you know, like J-Lo and A-Rod. Are they going to, like, put them together and, you know, J-Rod or, <laughs> or A-Lo, <laughs> something like that? <laughs> you know, maybe they could combine them. That would be pretty sweet. Then, then you have a third one. That would be even more awesome. But, no, I mean, you're right, man. It, man, she's made the rounds with P. Diddy and Ben Affleck and, and now hey, A-Rod. Hey, hey, women, we need, we need choices in life, okay? Hey, maybe we can get her to do a shout out like her and him together Ooh, I'm what, that's I'm gonna run you for about five thousand. yeah at least that'll even be more than belichick or, or antonio brown oh, yeah you, that, that's gonna run you there <laughs> no doubt they're not messing around they can make some serious money and, and kind of we're on this baseball thing right y'all saw uh, bryce harper he walked out to uh, his new walk-up music right you always think of the movie major league and charlie sheen coming out to wild thing or whatever here's what bryce harper walked out to after signing with philly Oh, yeah. He's living life right yeah. now. Shout out like, to my city. My city. Like, how awesome is Philly? Come on, guys. Yeah. Give it up. Give it up for Philly. He killed that. Ooh, that guy is living life right now. He, he's clowning, man. And I, I thought about whenever I heard this story, I said, what would I come up to? I mean, yeah. I, I picture myself coming out to like a boxing ring with like, I don't even know. Uh, just something wild, though. I think it'd be... Uh, who'd you say that you liked from the Astros? Well, I mean, if, I mean, I think Billy Wagner back in the day, I think he came out to, like, Inner Sandman or something like that, and that, that was pretty sweet. I mean, that makes you... And remember Mariano Rivera from the Yankees? He came out to Inner Sandman. That even became, like, his nickname. And you just knew when you heard that, 
Like it was on. And the other famous one is Trevor Hoffman. Remember with the Padres, he'd come out to, you know, Hell's Bells, ACDC, and you just nice. hear those bells ringing, and you're like, oh man, it's almost over. I, uh, so, some of the best ones are the, are the ones you least expect. I remember when I was working for the Astros full time, and, and the, the DJ who, who would get all the music from the players, you know, he, he would ask the players what they wanted. I remember, I, I believe it was Jake Marisnik. Just randomly threw out just some emotional Taylor Swift song, and it's just like, is 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 he doing it as a joke? Like, is this really the walk up music you want? But like, some of those just like randoms just to be funny are, are kind of the best. We're gonna come out to Nelly Furtado. That that would be fantastic. In I high would school, love that for you. I would, <laughs> it would be love great. That. In high school, like it was the worst. We had. Like, you know, just this really old school kind of PA system. And the only music we had was the Top Gun soundtrack. Yes. So, like, everybody's music, you know, you know, it'd be like Danger Zone, you know. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, man, like, every person got, like, the same song, essentially. It was all the Top Gun yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, what, what was your song in high school? And my, my song, they played once, and they said I couldn't play it again. It was it was still tipping my Slim Thug and my Oh, Paul my God. Walk. Why can I totally see this? <laughs> Senior I years totally when it came. Out. That's when I was playing baseball, and they were like, nope, you can't play that again. Uh, songs that I remember from guys walking out, Matt Hughes, A Country Boy Can't Survive. A yeah. Country Boy Can't Survive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one that you always remember, and then I didn't really realize it, but Chuck Liddell always came out to the DMX, It's Dark and Hell is Hot. That's uh, pretty good. That's pretty good, but yeah, when you think of it, last night, for example, uh, Dos Santos, he came out to, Junior Dos Santos, he came out to uh, the Rocky one. He always comes out to that one. That was good. Uh, Derek Lewis, I thought he was going to come out to something Houston. He came out to, uh, oh, I forget what it was, but he, he usually comes out to something Houston. Uh, he switched it up a little bit, though. No, it, it's funny. I, it's so interesting to pick. You know, Jim Rome is obviously coming out to Welcome to the Jungle. I mean, yeah. come on, clones. That opens, like, every show pretty much for him. So that's always a good one, man. It's, it's like when you hear that the Stone Cold, you always knew he was yeah. coming out. The, 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 that the glass breaking. Yeah, dun, 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 dun. You're like, it, you knew it was on. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, that that's cool, right? you got to have good walk-up music. So I love Bryce Harper doing that, man. He's got over 300 million reasons to be excited to be in Philadelphia. I'll tell you who gets me excited about walk out music it's going to be booker t and he's yeah. starting a show tomorrow uh the brand new show and you're going to be producing right yeah so tomorrow catches from 9 to 11 p.m it's the the debut of the show with booker t um check it out he's going to be talking everything from wrestling to it's not just wrestling a lot of people think that he's just a wrestling guy i mean he's talking all types of of ufc boxing and and just anything that happens in in, in sports i'm sure y'all talk about that big fight from this weekend right oh that yeah you're I'm just talking about yeah and then there's a big fight going down in dallas also uh with spence and garcia so i'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about but make sure you check out that show starting tomorrow at 9 p.m there you have it guys check out our boy jerry bow tomorrow night hey we got one more segment for you you're listening to Moneyline. we'll be right back on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 97.5.com presented by MyBookie live from the ESPN 97.5 studios here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan 
All right, we are back on Moneyline. Hey, if you've missed any of the show, Podcast Arena Moneyline, it's been a fantastic show. So if you missed part of it, go back and check it out on the podcast. Josh Jordan, Holly Seymour, Jerry Bow, Clutch City Cam are with you. We got one final segment. Maybe if you missed it, we had Christian Pena on a little bit, talking some gambling. Great, great, great. Go check it out. Really good advice. A lot of Astros talk. But, you know, we have our own gambling expert. His name's Jerry Bow, And we've gone the whole show, and we haven't given out any picks for the people, Jerry. So what you got, my man? That's because we got a banger. We're going to go to Germany. We're going to go to Germany. Go ahead and get your passports ready. Tell the wife I might not be back for a little bit, but I'll be back with fatter pockets. Hanover. Bayer Leverkusen, what you have here is two different teams going in different directions, right? One in Hanover, they might be relegated. They've got one victory out of the last five games, but what sticks out here is they've conceded a league-high 55 goals. That's 2.29 goals per match that they allow. On the other side, you have a team that's real hot, winning five out of the last six, but when we talk about goals, we talk about a team that leads during that six games. They lead the league in goals with 14, so you got a team that gives up the most against a team that's riding hard right now scoring the most at an average of 2.5 goals per half the last three head-to-heads between these two teams 17 goals that's 5.6 goals per match in uh, in three games that's a crazy that's the kind of soccer games that soccer fan uh, or non-soccer fan wants to watch uh, a, a score that that's got some some yeah. bang to it so go ahead and get over there go to germany hanover Bayer leverkusen hammer leverkusen the over of the game but i like leverkusen on the team total over two if you can get the team total, put your bucket or your money all in that bucket. Some books don't offer team totals on soccer, so go ahead and play the over a little smaller. But Bayern Leverkusen goes ahead and, and wreaks havocs today. There you have it. So he says go to Germany. Well, speaking of going to Germany, it was because of Germany that your account on Twitter, if you guys missed it, Jerry's been shut down by the Twitter police, and it's because of something from Germany. You posted a video, right? Well, apparently we have a caller that knows something about your account. So let's go to them right now. Is this Dirk? Dirk? Dirk, you're on Moneyline. Dirk Nowitzki. Nice. <laughs> what you got for us, Dirk? Jerry, how are you? I've been better. My followers can't. Follow me, I guess you could say, and we need to give out winners. Why'd you do this to me? Jerry, you have picked against the Mavericks, and I am disappointed in you. (laughs) So you're telling me we should give the Mavericks out as a winner? Absolutely. (laughs) When can I I expect to have my account back? Jerry, once you pick the Mavericks and we win, you can have your Twitter account. Oh, wait, he has to pick the Mavericks and they have to win? (laughs) Oh, man. We, need the ma- we may need the magic of the Jerry Bulls. Well, then here you have it. I need that account back. Go ahead and get your money in on the magic. <laughs> oh, I'm God. not saying... Uh, Mavericks. Bit- uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He can't even say anything. <laughs> I'm all over the place. Put it on the Mavs or I'm never going to get this account back. And, and you know how that goes. But honestly, Dirk, just thanks for, for representing the league in, a, in such a good fashion for so many years. We're going we're gonna to miss you. Thanks, Dirk. All right, well, there you have it. All you had to do was tell people to bet on the Mavericks, and you can have your account back. So that's pretty easy, right? They don't even have to win, right? You just need your account back. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know if they're going to pull it off. No, it, man, Dirk, he is a, a man of few words. So, man, those Houston, Germans. Houston, <laughs> Dallas, at Dallas. Houston, minus nine, over under 222. Ooh. You heard it. 
Dirk said, take the, the, the Mavs plus nine. No units. No units. <laughs> Negative four units. <laughs> I guess that means you go the other way on it. But, hey, as long as you have your account back, that's all that matters. I, I saw this. I wanted to get to this before we get out of here. Um, you know how over the years we see these athletes get – get hurt you know doing stupid stuff or you know like falling in the shower or you remember brandon marshall said he, he slipped on a, a mcdonald's wrapper and put his arm through a television yeah right. you know yeah, you know we don't really believe these things but it, it's so funny how this stuff happens and uh <laughs> there's this dodgers pitcher and uh, his name's joe kelly he recently hurt himself Cooking crawfish. Yeah. So apparently the, the, the deal was it was a five-hour crawfish boil. It was a little too long. So he stood around cooking the crawfish for five hours, hurt his back just standing. Get out of here. Yeah, oh, hurt his wow. back just standing. Get out That's of here. Yes. I love baseball players' athleticism. Yes. You have so, a crawfish guy out there. In my time, we used to boil for 12 hours straight. <laughs> it, it says he's expected soon. Dodgers manager Dave Roberts joked that he needs to keep Kelly away from his uh, jambalaya and that just standing a little too long is one of those unique injuries. And the message is, I have to keep him away from the stove. We'll keep him away from the jambalaya. So you think Brandon Marshall's was stupid. This guy was literally just standing at a crawfish boil and hurt his back. I'm going to use that as my excuse next time a man asks me to cook dinner for him. <laughs> oh, you know, I couldn't stretch. I didn't have time to stretch my back properly today. So uh, in fear of hurting happen. it, I'm just going to, that and my hamstring. This is bull. Be able to. <laughs> okay, I've cooked crawfish so many times and I've never hurt myself. No? Never. You're very athletic though, Cam. Thanks, Holly. I thought you were going to say like this. <laughs> Glad uh, you noticed. His pitching hand, his cuticles were burning yeah. or something. Like, I, didn't, I don't know what, where you were going with this, but yeah. imagine if you're his agent. You, yeah. you're, you're like, you got to be kidding me. You, have, you get the phone call. You have got to be kidding me. What does it say on the DL report? Just like crawfish? <laughs> To the side of his name. <laughs> it just nice. got a picture of the crawfish. Picture of a crawfish, a crawfish emoji. Like, I remember Clint Barmas. I think he hurt himself. I think he's walking up the stairs carrying deer jerky, and he just, like, fell. So There's something to yeah. these stories. They need well, a, they remember need a, Hunter Pence when he yeah. slipped and fell through the, the, the shower? It was the, the sliding screen, glass really door, right? he was getting it on with the lady friend. Yeah, <laughs> she was it. quite attractive. But you could see that, right? You're like, you're drunk in the hot tub, and you get out and walk straight through a glass window or you know or sliding door i feel like, like i do that easy. when i'm not even yeah. drunk like those- as soon as she asked for whip, whipped cream he's like yeah i'll be yeah, right back boom <laughs> <laughs> maybe i won't be back yeah though that sucks you thought that night was gonna go just right and then you are picking glass out of your arm yeah. <laughs> well we hope we picked some some good laughs on this sunday morning we hope we gave you at least one big winner because that's the game i'm putting all my marbles in but again we, uh, we hope we brought you all the information to keep you going with all your off-season NFL transactions. And next week, we'll have a lot more. Ooh, Everything's going to Free agency up. starts. Oh, next team, there's going to uh, – next week, there'll be guys with new jerseys on. And we'll, we'll have yeah. more of a read of what's going to – what it will mean for fantasy going forward. Some some win totals will be changing for sure. Uh, big big uh, acquisitions mean big changes in the market. So we'll look forward to that. We'll have a lot more next week. Le'Veon Bell to Philly. Ooh, wishful thinking. I hope Le'Veon to the Houston Texans. I hope Trip Brown, most of all, to the Houston Texans. Get us some offensive line. Everybody put your good mojo towards the Texans, making some splashes in free agency. What a great show for Josh, for Holly, for Jerry, for Cam, for Hector, and Christian Pena for joining us. We will see you next week. Peace.
This is Nolan Ryan. You're listening to Houston's best sports talk, ESPN 97.5.